Greetings from Longtime No See, the podcast. Every week, we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on? A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my God, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. Welcome to Good for a Weekend. The podcast where two friends revisit an iconic moment in time. I'm MK Ashford. And I'm Cressy Cornus. And today we are going back to the fall of 2014. Yeah, baby. We are discussing 1989 because, well, it's twofold. Taylor just announced 1989 Taylor's version is coming out October 27th, nine years after the original. And this works out very perfectly for me because selfishly, I wanted this month's episode to be about 1989 anyway. So this just works out great. Yeah. Because it's my birthday month and canonically, 1989 is my era in this podcast. Cressy's living her truth. And when we are in the reputation era, it's going to be the same for MK. Let us start praying that it happens in February for your birthday month. Wouldn't that be fun? That would be fun and people are speculating that she's gonna announce it on new year's day so that would like kind of line up Ooh, that oh would count God. if it happened in january we would make that count for february that would like cause me to stop being mad at her i think yeah that would be very exciting okay let's let's move past you being mad at her and go back to 2014 are you ready to get into this yeah because i was not mad at her in 2014 i was so happy i was so in love Let's set the stage. It's the fall of 2014. We are students at Pace High School. I am a senior. You are a junior. We're about to go on a yearbook trip to D.C. Yes. I'm whipping my Kia Forte, (laughs) driving all around the small town. Oh, yeah. I'm working at Subway. Life is good. Oh, yes. Gone Girl, John Wick, Interstellar, all playing in the movie theaters that month. You might wonder, Cressy, what was charting on the Billboard 100 that month? I'll tell you. All about that bass. Bang Bang, Anaconda, Black Widow, Chandelier, and Boom Clap. Pretty insufferable music, actually. This, This was a tough month to be alive. Yeah, but it was iconic, and I feel like we were all feeling it at the it time. It was iconic at the time. Yeah. Yeah, like Boom Clap, that that had a moment for That's sure. I song. loved Boom Clap. I loved it. But I remember hating Chandelier. We were fully living in a coming-of-age movie, all of us, collectively. We really were. And Anaconda, that was a big cultural moment, too. Yeah. Okay, so all of those are charting. What else happened that year? Well, I'll tell you, the Malaysian fight, 370 disappeared. Remember that plane that just disappeared and we still haven't found? That happened. Yeah, that was crazy. The ice bucket challenge was going on. And our yearbook team took part in that. There's probably a video of that somewhere. Somewhere, for sure. Uh, Solange attacked Jay-Z in an elevator. Oh, wow. That's the first one that sounds like the oldest thing. Kim and Kanye got married. We lost Joan Rivers and Robin Williams. The TV show How I Met Your Mother ended. And a U2 album non-consensually popped up on our Apple Music library. Are we grounded in time now? Are we there? I'm there. 
your Francesca's bubble necklace on, let's go. What else happened that year? The cultural phenomenon that was Taylor Swift's fifth studio album, 1989, came out. All right. So we know what was going on in our lives, but what was going on in Taylor's life at the time? Earlier that year in January, Taylor's previous album, Red, lost album of the year at the Grammys, which devastated her, but it spawned the idea of 1989. She said she cried and ate an In-N-Out burger, and in an interview regarding the loss, Taylor said, quote, Maybe I need to fix the problem, which is that I have not been making sonically cohesive albums. I need to really think about whether I'm listening to a scared record label, and that's what I'm, and that's what the art. It's a tough sentence. It's a give it, give it a few tries. It's a tough sentence. And what that's doing to the art I'm making. End quote. Jeez, Taylor, that was rough. Okay. The idea of 1989 came to her in the middle of the night. Taylor said, quote, I woke up at four in the morning and I was like, it's called 1989. I've been making 80 synth pop. I'm just going to do that. I'm calling it a pop record. I'm not listening to anyone at my label. I'm starting tomorrow. End quote. Wow, that kind of gives me chills. And lives were changed. I know. Lives were changed. That's so funny that she like feels now to hear that she feels the need to be like, I'm not listening to them. I'm doing what I want because I feel like she would never have that issue anymore. She would just be like, this is what I'm doing. And they'd be like, okay. And now she just does whatever. Like next album, yodeling. All right. <laughs> sure. Go for it. Yeah. And it'll chart. It'll debut at one. Yep. <laughs> so shortly after this loss and the idea of her next album, she cut off her hair in February. And then in March, she moved to New York City and she bought a $19.9 million penthouse. Fun fact, yeah. it once belonged to Lord of the Rings director Peter Jackson. The crossover episode of Fandoms. Random. We also got her most iconic papwalks during this period, and her friendship with Carly Kloss begins. You can listen to our Carly Kloss episodes if you want to learn more about all of that. There's a lot to unpack there, so it deserves its own episode. Yeah, we don't have time to get into that. Yeah, we might even have to do like a, a G-Falls version, like a, another one oh, yeah. of what's happened since then. No, seriously, more <laughs> has happened. Like, it's become more of a thing since then. Yeah. So Taylor then began to work on 1989 seriously with Imogene Heap, Max Martin, Shellback, and Jack Antonoff. Oh my god, so exciting. First time we get Jack. And let's get into the timeline of that. Yes. So let's first start by sharing the timeline of when she wrote and recorded the songs. Because it's very interesting when you look at it chronologically. Because in my opinion, she started with her weaker songs on the album and it kind of like took her a second to like catch up and find the voice of 1989 like it just keeps getting stronger and stronger and also my source for this is a random comment on reddit so who knows if it's true uh she writes this love in october 2012 january 2013 all you had to do was stay she tweeted about this and how you get the girl she tweeted about this as well what did she tweet that was when she was like back in the studio uh-oh remember hmm Okay. <laughs> this was right after she and Harry broke up. Dangerous. <laughs> watch out. Yeah, she was like, watch out. I'm back. So those were the two. I hope that she said that more to like, all you had to do was stay because how you get the girl does not deserve that kind of sass. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. 
now let's jump to that summer and fall of 2013. We get I Wish You Would, then Sweeter Than Fiction, and Out of the Woods. January 2014, which was after her epiphany that MK just read about. I Know Places, Welcome to New York. February 2014, the next month, clean, shake it off, style, blank space. All in one month. What a month. Yeah. See what I'm talking about? Like, it, like, it took her a second to, like, get up to speed. She has that epiphany in January, and then, boom, she starts cooking. Mm-hmm. She was like, this is going to be pop, and I'm going for it, and she did. Those yeah. are, like, the poppiest songs on the whole album. And then with the tracks Wildest Dreams, Wonderland, You Are in Love, and You Romantics, we don't know. But I do think it's interesting that her best, most iconic songs from that album were towards the end of this recording process. I love that. Yeah, I think it probably is when she like let go of the, of the idea of her past eras and committed to pop and said, I'm going for it. Yeah. And I think it's a great reminder that you don't have to be like perfectly amazing at something or like have the entire idea of something when you start. Like I'm thinking about like um when I write stand up or I'm trying to write a book, like it doesn't have to be amazing at first. You just have to keep going and it might get too amazing. Like it might get to shake it off style and blank space. You know, you just have to keep going. You're going to start with how you get the girl, but if you keep going, it's going to get really good. So just keep going. So true. Persistence. So this album was the last time that we ever got the hidden messages. So Taylor used to write hidden messages in all her song lyrics in her album booklets from debut to 1989. It would be like capitalized letters and amongst all lowercase. And if you went through and wrote them down, it would spell out a little message, usually kind of indicating what the song is about. So these were 1989s. Welcome to New York was... We begin our story in New York. I'm already buckled. I'm buckled. I know. She's really setting the scene. Blake Space. There once was a girl known by everyone and no one. Oof. That is so good for Blank Space, too. Oh, it's so good. It's giving the archer. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. Style. Her heart belonged to someone who couldn't stay. Mm. Harry. <laughs> Out of the woods, they loved each other recklessly. <gasps> wreck. Some might say too recklessly, as in they got onto a wreck. I know. A car wreck? Ooh. <laughs> Vehicular manslaughter. All you had to do was stay. They paid the price. Mm. Of a life. And her heart belonged to someone who couldn't stay. Style. Stay. All you had to do was stay. And they paid the price. Oof. Shake it off. She danced to forget him. Okay, that one's a little too dramatic for me. You have to laugh. That one's a little too Hobby Lobby. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. I wish you would. He drove past her street each night. Bad blood. She made friends and enemies. Okay. You're starting to lose me, Taylor. Bring me back. Yeah, that one's rough. Wildest dreams. He only saw her in his dreams. How you get the girl. Then one day, he came back. This love. Timing is a funny thing. I know places. And everyone was watching. That's bringing me back. I like that one. Yeah. I'm back. Lastly, clean. The best one. Yeah. She lost him, 
but she found herself and somehow that was everything. Uh, so sweet. Wow. Do you remember when we were at the 1989 world tour and there was like one of those like spoken interlude parts and it was like her speaking this with like a montage of beautiful shots of her behind it. That was one of my favorite parts of the whole concert. And then when it ends with she lost him, but she found herself and somehow that was everything. That was a moment in history. I know. Agree. This album is so it's like freeing. It's cathartic. I know. Like it's all about him, but like somehow it's mainly about her. Yeah. So now let's talk about our personal highs and lows of the album since we've just kind of gone through all of the songs. And then we'll wrap this episode up with the many, 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 many accomplishments that 1989 received. Okay. So I'll let you take the lead here because you're 1989 girly. Well, since we just went through the track list, that's my first high. The track list (laughs) is perfect. The whole thing. The order (laughs) is perfection. No, I mean like the order of it. Yeah. Like how she like puts it. The pacing is perfect. Even my lows of the album, which we'll get into in a minute, I don't skip them because they work so well within the whole piece, like within the whole story. It works. And this is a very hot take that some of you will not like. And I respect that because I wish I wasn't like this, but I like to listen to albums on shuffle. I know that's disgusting. But I like to be surprised and uh, sometimes I don't want to hear like the first three songs of an album over and over. Like I want to hear multiple songs from an album, but I never do that for 1989 because I love it in order that much. I I can appreciate that, especially after you know kind of from her hidden messages that this was laid out into a story that sets it up to be an album to listen to in order for sure. And it always is better when you listen to it in order. can't believe you're a shuffle girl. I always start and I start in order always because I want to hear the artist's message. I always start in order. But as time goes on, I'm shuffling around. Now, I do like Folklore in Order as well. That's a great track list. Yeah, that's true. I weirdly have a high amount of highs for this album, even though it's kind of middle of the road for me in my rankings. I think Welcome to New York is an incredible intro like one of her best. And I don't think it's one of her best as like, it's one of the best songs. I think it's just the perfect intro, like the vibes. It's a vibe. Completely agree. And then blank space style out of the woods. All you have to do is stay. The fact that that is the first half of the, like that's unmatched. That is an unmatched lineup. Yeah. You don't have a dip. You literally don't have a dip. And then like, okay, shake it off the dip now because it's, it was, overhyped it's a radio song like it might not be a favorite of the Swifties but technically that's not a dip because it was her most popular song from the album and then I wish you would I think the first true dip is bad blood yeah and then it goes right back with wildest dreams I'm telling you the order of this album is perfect and then you you lull I think you're lulling with how you get the girl in this love yeah And then skyrocket back up with I Know Places and Clean is like the perfect ending. Mm -hmm. And then the deluxe tracks. Oh, my God. They're so good. New Romantics and Wonderland, probably two of the best bonus tracks and so criminal that they didn't make the, the original album. And that's my next high. These are her best bonus tracks of all of all of her albums. They're just they're perfect. Yeah. All three of them. I would keep all three. 
They're great. Very true. I think she could have taken off Bad Blood, How You Get the Girl, and This Love and put those three in. And I think it would have been somehow more perfect. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My next high is the debut single, Shake It Off. We have to talk about Shake It Off. We have to talk about what an iconic moment. And his- there is an SNL skit about Shake It Off. And people love to hate on it, but it it is a damn good pop song. It is so good. The music video is so cute. And I just have the most fun memories. And MK, I'm about to put you on the spot. Do you remember? I think I was a freshman at Auburn. And this was when you were a senior in high school. It could have been like the summer after you graduated and like the summer after my freshman year. It it was around this time. Okay. And we might have been on Skype because we used to Skype because FaceTime was not always a thing. Do you remember that? Yeah, that's so funny. This is showing our age. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, we used to Skype. I don't don't know if we were Skyping or FaceTiming, but yeah, MK and I had Skype accounts to chat because FaceTiming was not a thing. And we were blasting shake it off and just like dancing but like separately like in separate locations yes but virtually does that make sense yes 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 and it was like i was like sweaty i remember and it was just so fun and just like so like girlhood i was like this is what this song is about this is this is what this is all this is what this has all been for it's this yeah and i just love it it's like a very pure memory, and I feel like that is Shake It Off. I recently mentioned that at the concerts, it's like one of my favorites because it's so fun. Like everyone is just so happy, and we're all literally shaking. Like we're moving our hips, we're shaking around. It's so cute. Yeah. But I will say, I will say, if you dive deep into my Twitter archives, like if I get famous and people start looking for things to cancel me on, I genuinely think this tweet would be one of them for yeah. calling myself a Swifty, but I tweeted the day that Shake Off was released. I tweeted, I've been begging for new Taylor music, but after Shake It Off, I think she can have this one back with like a puking emoji. <gasps> oh my God. I will say I did not like it at first because it was not what I was expecting because this was fresh off of Red. But it did quickly grow on me. Yeah. I still think it's like, it's hard to say because, yes, it is one of her worst songs, technically. You know? (laughs) That man over there with the hella good hair, like, that is up there with Come On Kids spelling is fun. Like, that's rough. That whole bridge is pretty bad. Yeah. Haters gonna hate, hate, hate. Players gonna play. But it's so fun. It's a very simple song. Sometimes simple is okay. I know. Sometimes you just gotta shake it off. Literally. And she was so right for that. Sometimes you just gotta shake it off. You just gotta shake, 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 shake it off, shake it off. Yeah. Sometimes life's too hard. I'm literally lightning on my feet. Like, I'm just gonna shake. So anyway. (laughs) But yeah, I thought this was, I thought it was an incredible debut single. Okay. Another high for me. Blank Space music video. Oh, my God. Yeah. We got to talk about the Blank Space music video. I mean, 
ever I, that's one of those music videos that i can i've seen so many times that i can watch it in oh my head for sure same being in front of me i can see like her crazy eyes and oh every frame of that music video is perfect it's so beautiful i kind of want to like stop podcasting so i can go watch it real quick and then hop back in i know i know i also loved her style at this point she stopped trying to be like vintage housewife vibes and like became a a girl you know like in this day and age (laughs) who was young and hot and she got a cute little haircut i loved Mm -hmm. i loved the bob it was very brave of her the bob (laughs) iconic i loved it i love coconut (laughs) head taylor i will defend that haircut forever i love it looked amazing on her she has the bone structure for it it made sense like no one else can pull that off and i know this because i got that haircut after she did and it did not look the same on me (sighs) yeah i mean you didn't go full bang coconut thank god (laughs) but yeah i did no i got a a, like a side swoop that would have been so embarrassing (laughs) thank god i didn't um but since you just brought up blank space music video why don't i spice things up and get into my next low the bad blood music video i do not like that music video nothing happens they just introduce a bunch of hot people and i know and i understand that she was like clapping back about the squad thing but like no and it's like let me clap back at my squad by showing you my squad that looks exactly (laughs) like you said you really got us with that one taylor all our besties Yeah, that's pretty rough. Bad Blood in general is just like kind of a dumb yeah. song. Sorry. I do love the Kendrick remix, obviously. You forgive, you forget, but you never let it go. But that's its only redeeming yeah, factor. Agree. agree. You all know how much I hate how you get the girl. I'm sorry. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. It just yeah. bothers me. Like it- That's also canon to the podcast. I can't get into it. Just listen to all our episodes. I probably mention it in each one. What about live? I enjoyed it live. No. I thought the rain with the umbrella. I thought it was stupid. When she was like, let me see you jump. And we jumped. I yeah, thought that was I cute. <laughs> I probably mention this literally in every episode. <laughs> also, I can't believe we've gone this far on the episode without mentioning that we had floor seats at the 1989 World Tour. Oh, I know. We normally mention that every five minutes. We do mention that a lot. <laughs> Best night ever. Really good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and the fact that we like, the fact it that we amazing. made my mom sign up for a Capital One credit card so we could get the presale, you know, back when you could casually <laughs> get on a presale. And then I also <laughs> made my mom buy us the tickets because we were in that we were on that yearbook trip in dc so i was like on the phone with her we were in dc and i was like you gotta get these tickets mom we were like about to board a tour bus <laughs> and i remember her saying they're gonna be four hundred dollars each are you guys okay with that and we were like yes like, yeah Just get them yeah <laughs> yeah check it out it's like it can be my whole christmas it's fine just get them it was like my subway money's on it like i got it like <laughs> I know. My Francesca money ended up paying for it. It was well spent. Some of the best minimum wage dollars I've ever used. And the fact that when we saw her again at the Eras tour on the floor and our two tickets combined for 1989 didn't even equal the ticket 
like the one ticket of Eras, it's fine. Like we were so naive. It was yeah. a great price. Yeah. <laughs> God, it was amazing. It was our first Taylor experience. Like it was so spiritual. Yeah, it was. And I genuinely left that concert feeling like it was a spiritual experience. Like the entire all the sets all the outfits like the freaking paper airplanes swinging around like so high it was oh god so good yeah that was a high of my life not just the era oh same same that and the eras tour those are my two highs that's what i got yeah agree so far anyway back to our highs and lows we could probably spend an hour talking about that tour um wildest dreams was kind of her first sexy 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 song you know that was the first time she was like so true taking off his coat he's in my room you know like this is the first time we were like oh taylor's like sexy i liked that that was like a really fun side of her we had not seen before the sound of that song is so sultry like it starts out yeah let's get out of this town i'm listening (laughs) Yeah, let's go somewhere. Was it this love or you are in love that people think is about Lena Dunham and Jack Antonoff? You are in love is about Lena Dunham and Jack Antonoff. This love, I don't know. But you are in love 100%. She like said it was like about one of her close couple friends. Like it's definitely about them. Which is sad because it didn't work out. Mm, Yeah. But I'm glad because he deserves better. Yeah, he's engaged to Margaret Quayley now. And she's married to some dude. It all worked out. Yeah, but Lena Dunham's insufferable. Yeah. I love her art, though. Love her art. HBO Girls is a masterpiece. But anyway, those are all my highs and lows. My only low was bad blood. <laughs> I know. My only low is bad blood and how I get the girl. Like, that's literally it. And a little bit of this love. But then when I listen, it's good. When you listen in order, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's the answer. Okay. Now that we've covered that, let's get into 1989's accomplishments. 1989 sold 1.287 million copies in its first week, had three number one songs and five top 10 songs. She released seven total singles for the album. A week after she released 1989, she pulled it and her entire catalog from Spotify. The album spent 11 total weeks at number one on Billboard 200. It spent its first full year in the top 10, making it the fifth album in history to do so. To this day, 1989 has sold 12.3 million units, which no other album of hers has reached. She also won Billboard's Woman of the Year that fall. In the 2016 Grammy ceremony, she won her second album of the year, making her the first female solo artist to do so. Retrospective reviews of 1989 have praised how 1989 avoided the contemporary hip-hop and R&B crossover trends of the time, making it a timeless album. And I agree with that. There was This was like not a trendy album. No, yeah. And, and for I- that reason, it has lasted. Yeah, it was. it's timeless. And it's not just me. People with credentials, like Rolling Stone articles and everything about how this is one of the most perfect pop albums of all time, if not the most perfect pop album of all time. Yeah. I think because not only is it so poppy and 
it really like it's an earworm. It gets in there and it sticks in your ears, but it also has depth, which I think a lot of pop albums lack. So I think she created a masterpiece. Hang this in the Louvre. Yes. And it shows with all the accomplishments and awards and praise that she gets for it even years later. It shows it's a masterpiece for sure. Well deserved. So anyway, that has been our discussion on 1989, the original version. We are so excited to do this all over again in October. Probably, let's be honest, probably going to be the beginning of November. We're going to want to sit with that album for a couple of days before we record that reaction. But we're super excited for Taylor's version and to chat about that with you all. I think this album, you wouldn't think it at first, but it kind of is a fall album. Leaves are changing. You're changing. Hmm. Something's in the air. It's a cold breeze. To me, 1989 is every month. (laughs) Oh, okay. But I'm also insane. Correct. (laughs) Speaking of being insane, let's get into our nightmares and daydreams. MK? I'm going to say my daydream first because I think I'm going to steal it from you maybe. And I need to go first because you always have backups and I don't. Is it Olivia Rodrigo's bad idea, right? Yes. (laughs) So good. So good. That was mine and I have a backup. Great call, MK. I literally knew it. I'm three steps ahead yeah it's such a good song you're the mastermind i am a mastermind um i thought at first that i wasn't gonna like it because i thought it was gonna be a little too on the nose you know going for a certain sound but it's hilarious i love it it like is camp but perfect yeah i love it i think it's so funny video is adorable i love it unfortunately too relatable and if you knew me in 2020, 21. <laughs> this was me, and you'd want to punch me in the face every day. So, anyway. And if you like this song, you would also really like the band Wet Leg. This sounds Ugh. so much like their work, and I love Wet Leg. So, check them out if you like this song. Agree. This is for the brutal girlies for sure. Yes. Now, my daydream, this is my backup daydream, is Barbenheimer. I was not expecting to enjoy it so much. I loved it. That was so fun seeing two movies in one day. I just had a grand old time. It was nice. It was like a nice way to be a part of history, you know? I know. I felt like I was really a part of a cultural event. Even if I didn't want to be there, which I did. But even if I didn't, I think I would have gone. It was so iconic. And I'll be honest. I had no interest in seeing Oppenheimer. I was down to just see Barbie, but my friend bought tickets for all of us for both. And I was like, yeah, I'll do Barbenheimer. I'll do the whole thing. And I loved Oppenheimer. That was such a good movie. Yeah, I agree. I could tell it was going to be like a good movie, but I didn't know if I would care about it, you know, because I don't always love movies like that. But it was really good. Incredibly good. I enjoyed it. And it was fun to like do a double feature, a little lunch in between. You get to debrief and really sit with Oppenheimer. And then you go have mm-hmm. fun at Barbie. Yeah, it was great. So yeah, that was my daydream. I loved it. Yeah. Great experience. It's not too late to see both if you want to. Therapeutic, honestly, I would recommend. Yeah. Now, what is your nightmare, MK? My nightmare would be probably the this season. I mean, this isn't fair because it just started and I know I'm going to change my mind. And in a couple months when it's over, yeah. I'm going to be like, this is my daydream. Uh, but the beginning of the season of Big Brother. I heard about the guy who get kicked off for saying the N-word. I heard about that. Yeah, I know. 
And like I let it's fun to watch drama, you know, but like sometimes, especially in the beginning and like I don't even know this guy and it's going to be a whole thing and it's going to be annoying and then it's going to like mess up the game because they're not going to have the first eviction. Mm-hmm. And I'm a really big, big, big brother fan. That was weird. This is also this is very true. Very true. Yeah, this is probably at least 10 percent of my personality. Yeah. Yeah. When it just like doesn't go the way I wanted to it bothers me and when I don't love the people on it it bothers me and so like the fact that he, they even casted him I'm like well what are these other people gonna be like so eh, I don't know we'll see how it plays out though they have to like show the episode it was either Wednesday or last night I haven't watched either yet but they have to show the episode where they like show it play out and be like so this is what happened Ooh. and this is what we did about it so I guess I am okay. kind of excited to watch that okay what about you what's your nightmare my nightmare is a book called A Court of Thorns and Roses that has been all over book talk. And I was like, yeah, I'll try it out. I really like to challenge myself in trying new genres. It's a it's an adult fantasy novel. I challenged myself to get into sci-fi earlier this year, and I loved it. I loved the Andy Weir books that I read. So I was like, yeah, I'll give this a shot. I got 41% through this giant ass novel. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. It just hadn't gotten better. It it felt like it was written for like 13-year-olds. Like so much so that I Googled it to like see what genre. It's under no, it's under adult. Like it's adult fiction. It's like this reads like it's for a child. The characters were so boring and so flat. I just didn't care. It was so slow-paced. And if you like normally paced books, then I would not recommend reading that. Do not let book talk fool you also book talk told me it was going to be spicy i'm almost halfway through nothing sexy has happened so i'm returning it to my library you tell them yeah fuck a court of thorn and roses yeah fuck them anyway this has been good for a weekend thank you for listening to our podcast give us a review if you haven't already and be sure to connect with our community we've got a link to all of our socials in our show notes and in the meantime Happy streaming 1989. Hell yeah.